Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope that this message from Pastor Jason Charles and the City Collective team challenges and inspires you. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Uh, Welcome to City Collective. My name is Jason, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor of this amazing church community that we have officially, I think this would make us exactly at nine months, which is pretty cool. Uh, Lots of learning and growing and, and experiencing the different aspects of life and church and family together along the way. But we're just really glad that you decided to spend a really wonderful bright, sunny uh, Sunday morning with us. And so uh, we're in the middle of a series, as we mentioned, called Rhythms. And, And rhythms in talking about the areas that are common in our life that are incorporated into our everyday existence, and yet we sometimes treat as simply, it just happens. Our, our work and our rest. And, and today what we're talking about is the element of play. And play is interesting because I think that we know about work and, and we know about rest, but in some ways that, that space in between, that space in between our work and our rest, we don't really know what to do with that sometimes. Uh, we, we don't know how God shows himself or fits into that element of our life. I know for myself that when I often think of my daily rhythms and routines, I can identify what is work and what is rest, but often that in-between just kind of seems like I'm going to do a little bit of nothing. And, and I'm not saying that we don't need moments of reprieve and, and, and rest and, and doing a little bit of nothing in our day, but I truly believe that the invitation that we're given through the person of Jesus is that we have the opportunity to discover something new in every moment. Our work, our rest, and our play. We talked about in week one that that work is not simply a space that we go to survive till the weekend, to provide monetary value to our lives, to somehow get a paycheck that makes us enjoy life after work is done. But work, work itself is holy. Work is, is sacred. Work is this opportunity to partner in the ongoing creation of the world. And in each every, in every day of our lives, when we are partaking in the space of work, we can have the opportunity to see the parables of Jesus at work. I, I love the fact that when Jesus tells stories in the Bible, he's not telling stories of Pharisees in a temple or men who are sitting in a room by themselves doing nothing. Maybe there's, there's this... Uh, there's this group of monks that are in Europe and their thing is that they just make beer and cheese and so maybe if that's their thing and they discover God in that that's wonderful as well but that's not the stories that God is that Jesus is telling Jesus tells stories about everyday experiences of of work and how we discover God in the midst of our work so that's what we talked about in week one and then, then last week we talked about rest and how we so often identify our value and we discover our value in what we do rather than who we are or who God says that we are. And rest is this beautiful space that we're invited to actually rediscover value. It's not just simply this physical reprieve to do nothing, but it's actually a space to rediscover who God says that we are, not just simply by what we do, but in those moments where we can listen and have a little bit of silence and solitude and stillness. And then we get to this place of play, and and play doesn't really seem 
holy or, or sacred as, as we seem to formulate the idea or the thought in our mind. And, and, and to be honest, like even for myself, as we've put together the, the format for our service today and we said we're going to do this game on the screen, I'm like, this feels weird for church. Why, why are we even allowing people to hold their phones in church? They're going to be distracted and then it's not going to feel like we're inviting the presence of God to invite us into his space. And it's less holy because we're playing a game. You, you, you feel how I'm leading us in that sense? It's not normal. At least it doesn't feel that way. And it's because I think we've isolated the experience of God to singular moments or rhythms or, or routines instead of recognizing that he is ever-present in everything that we do. So in, in Genesis 1, uh, 1 verse 1, that's where we kind of saw the idea of work. And then Genesis 2 verse 1, we, we looked at the idea of rest. And now we're going to go into Genesis 3 verse 1, and we're going to begin the idea of play and Perhaps even just looking at our perspective of how we perceive God and how that impacts our idea of play. So really simple. Genesis 3 verse 1 and it says this. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And then we're going to jump to Matthew 18, verses 2 to 4. And it says, Calling to him a child, this is Jesus, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So work, work is our participation in the ongoing creation of the world. Rest is our intentional stepping away from productivity, being the source of our value, and play. Well, play is often is about investing our lives, ourselves, in a completely different type of outcome. And I think how much we value play is actually a little bit indicative of how we imagine God to be. So let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for this morning, for the opportunity to go into your word. I just pray that the idea of who you are comes to life through the moments that we share, through the words that we read in, in this amazing book. And I just pray that we have an open heart to discover you and new, just in a fresh this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So that, uh, that space, that space between work and rest, uh, do you have it? Does it exist in your life? Do you have a space that is between work and rest? Or is it literally you work and then rest seems just like the only thing that you want to do? And play seems kind of like an interference in your day. That it's, it's not that productive. That you're not going to feel as valuable in the moment. That you're somehow not living out the fullness of your life because you are setting aside time for play. And if it is, it seems like a luxury rather than a rhythm. I know for myself that I'm often guilty, and this, people have told me this, I think they might be wrong. I'm a little bit competitive in moments, and so uh, sometimes that flares up in moments of quote-unquote play, because I think the idea of work, rest, and play, 
uh, sorry, work, rest, and play have less to do with actually like the spatial awareness or like the physical things that we're doing and more the mentality that we bring to it. How many of you have gone on a vacation one time and then come back exhausted because even though you were sitting beside a pool, you were still thinking about work and doing work the entire time? Or you were in the middle of, of, of resting and you, were just, you weren't able to be present and still and silent and it wasn't actually accomplishing the idea of discovering value in that sense. And I think the same works in the midst of play. Sometimes we have, are so used to idea, the idea of work being an outcome that we are pursuing, that we are moving towards, that we put that into our existence of play as well. And I'm guilty of that, that I have, I have made the statement, and I will likely make it again, that I think running for the sake of running is a stupid idea. It is not, there's no, there's no purpose to it. Give me a goal, give me a, a, a bucket to throw something in, a net to kick something in, and I will run hard, and I will be excited about it. And if I can beat someone while doing it, even better. I'm going to feel good about myself. And I have characterized that often as play. <laughs> Maybe that my opponents didn't feel like it was play in that moment, but I'm so used to the idea of the outcome of my situation being the driving force of why I do it. And, and I think we miss out on the opportunity to actually discover a new outcome in moments when we're just in them. And, and to be honest, in like this capitalist, f free trade, American dream mentality of North America, we have a hard time functioning around the idea that you are going to do something that maybe is purposeless, but is still yet meaningful. It seems, it seems impossible in some sense. Because I, I, when I think about moments in my life that just make me smile, you know, those, those stories that you'll just be like thinking to yourself and it could be in the middle of a very serious situation and it'll come to your mind and you'll still smile or you'll still laugh and it feels incredibly inappropriate, but you still do it because it sparks that feeling of joy. And then you think to yourself, why did that even happen? What was even going around me in that moment? What was even taking place? I don't even remember what we were doing. Do you have those moments, that, those memories that when they come up in your mind, they cause you to, to chuckle a little, to smile across your face? And it could be like a really sweet moment of a family and, and of new life or enough celebration, and it could be something that is just incredibly crude and funny and maybe slightly awkward and that I would never tell in a sermon because that would just not work for future times for you to come and attend City Collective Church. So, uh, but you know, those stories that pop to our mind that, that make us smile, that make us laugh, but yet we can't even identify the spaces or the reasoning behind the moment, but yet... It is able to invoke this feeling of joy. I think that the, the generous heart of the Father towards us is most seen actually not in moments of work and not in moments of rest, but in moments of play. Because play is that space in between. It's those moments 
lacking the motivation of success for meaning. And and this is what we're exploring today. Are we able to function and experience God without our measures of success driving our experience? Because this is kind of how we've been been built to function and, and to live our every day is that we have to have a goal. We have to have something that we articulate as success in order to be present in the moment. But I love in, in the story of creation, when God, he, he makes the heavens and the earth, and each day he, he does work, and then there's like this interlude where he says, and it was good. And then he goes to work again, and he says, it's good. And after seven days, he rests, and, and, it's, and it's really good, and, and it's wonderful. And, and I wonder, because sometimes there's, especially in the Bible, it, it's sometimes hard to identify the idea of fun and the idea of rest. But I think we see it in the character of Jesus, and I think we see it even in the character of God in this beginning. There's this, there's this beautiful narrative written by, I, I can't remember the individual's name, but he talks about the idea of the Trinity and how they're dealing in the moment of creation and how they're having this conversation where God's like, how would it be if we started to actually deal with this void, formless space? And, and the sun jumps in and he, and he says, yeah, I, I can bring this into the equation. And the spirit jumps in and says, I can bring this. And they playfully and beautifully start to articulate, can you imagine the idea of light being brought into darkness for the first time? What would that invoke? You know those, those videos that you see of someone who has been colorblind their entire life, and then you have, they have those glasses that they put on, and for the first time they see color. What do you see come out of them in that moment? Joy. And, and, and it's, this, it's this expressive genuine, authentic joy that they were not expecting, but yet it is in that moment. And it's simply because they saw the world as it was meant to be seen. That they were able to experience joy as God had put before them. Play is fundamentally different than anything that we do. And, and it's, it's, it has consequences beyond itself. And it's, it's not, sometimes it doesn't need to be particularly purposeful. And it's not measured by external ends. I want you to imagine a toddler running through the room pretending to be a little Tyrannosaurus Rex. And he's screaming his little face off. And he's running around. And you're asking why you're doing this. And he's saying, I'm just doing it. There's no purpose, but yet there's joy. Do you believe that you can experience joy in your life when you are not, when you are taking a moment that doesn't demand an outcome? Because the answer to that question actually tells us who we believe joy comes from. If the only way that you experience joy in your life is based upon the things that you do, then you are the source of your joy. 
But if we can get to the place where we can be present and look and experience and know that God is around us and in us and working through us and just listen and just be present, I am so sure that we will experience joy in a way that says that my joy is not based upon the things that I do, but my joy is based upon the God that is here. And and it might seem a little fanciful, a little fictional, it might seem a little beyond our, our comprehension and our understanding, but it is because it's so opposite to the way that we think. And I, I'm honestly, as I was going through this idea this week, I was just constantly back to this place of, I am awful at not having an outcome in my day. I'm a checkbox person. I like the checkboxes. Even when I do something, I will add it to my list so I can check the box after. This is how I like to operate. And sometimes I struggle to have any kind of existence that doesn't have an outcome. But then I become the arbitrator. I become the controller and I become the source of my joy. So when things are difficult, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. Because my ability to experience joy was predicated upon my emotional well-being and my actions instead of an outside source that was going to be unconditional and ever-present. So play can look a lot of different ways. Play, play can be playing sports in a field, enjoying board games with family and friends, just enjoying a day out in the mountains. But it can also be... Just a moment of allowing yourself to experience the emotion of a moment, even if it is grief. But allowing yourself to have a space in between work and rest, where the purpose of the moment is not to achieve your outcomes that you've set for your life. So this is difficult but I think it's an incredible opportunity that we're given. See, I think we have this misconception of who God is. I think we think that God doesn't want us to have fun. That, That rules and regulations are in place so that we can only experience a tidbit of who God is. Just, just enough. And then when we get to heaven, oh, it's gonna be a party, golden streets, mansions, We're going to be turning up. It's going to be so much fun when we get there. But in the here and the now, you don't get to do that and do that and do that because I don't want you to experience any fun in life. And that's that's kind of the idea in Genesis 3 verse 1. Where where the the snake and it comes to Eve and and says, you're not allowed to eat fruit from, from anywhere, are you? And to be honest... Sometimes when I think of the, about the first interaction between God and man that's presented in the Bible, my mind goes to that. The moment where God says, you can't do this. But the first thing that God says to Adam, he says, enjoy. He says, I'm going to give you a task to name the animals, but enjoy the fullness of all that is around you. The fruit on the trees and, and the berries and the bushes and the animals that you can pet. Can you imagine all the puppies that you would get to enjoy? 
And for some of you, that is enough. <laughs> but yet, we, our mind goes to this place where, as if to say that the only thing that God is worried about is what we can't do, rather than what he's inviting us to experience, to see, to know. And then the mind of Eve starts to change and she goes from this place of enjoying life to seeing this one thing that she wasn't allowed to have and, 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 and it starts to cause her to spiral and to fall farther and farther away from this feeling of joy. I think the greatest thing that we're given in the Christian life is the opportunity to experience joy. And joy, joy is different than fun. Fun is, fun is wonderful, but fun is fleeting and, and it's momentary, while joy is meant to be something that sustains and fulfills and causes our life to flourish. It, it's, not, it's not meant to simply be a moment. It's meant to be something that encompasses our life. And joy is something that is there in the good moments and in the bad moments. It's not simply just happiness either. Often we live our life in the pursuit of happiness, and happiness we correlate with monetary things, with materialistic things, with the items that society says that will make you happy. And then when we don't get them, we feel pain and sadness and rejection and hurt. But there, the, the opposite of joy in, in many ways is simply just the absence of it. Joy is something that we are given by God to experience the fullness of life in every moment. When I, when I reflect upon the idea of play and, and how I like I said, struggle in that in-between, and I don't know what to do with it, and I don't know how it's going to lead me, and I don't know what it's going to do within me, I get to this place consistently where uh, I'm slightly confused because I can, I can articulate the idea of work. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get things done. I'm going to see people along the day, and I'm going to execute my intended outcome. And then rest, well, I can do rest too. I've got this place in my house that I know that it's going to be really restful. It's my bed. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy a great nap. It's going to be really restful. Silence, solitude, stillness. Maybe I do it the right way. Maybe I don't. I just know physically I'm going to be rested at the end of it. And then the idea of play, I mix into the idea of rest sometimes by just sitting on the couch and watching a TV show. And then I mix the idea of play into the idea of work by playing sports and seeking a competitive outcome. And, and I I don't know how to separate it to actually discover this place where play is perhaps the place that we are invited to most understand who God is. Because play, if there is no intended outcome, if there is no specific thing that we are trying to work towards, if it is just about experiencing and being present in the moment and, and feeling the joy in those experiences, then play is, is generous. It's, it's giving 
of ourselves without an expectation of return. Giving of our energy and our, and our time and our attention simply because we want to experience what is in that moment. Play is demanded for the idea of justice in my mind. Because justice is something where we need to give of ourselves without an intent, something that we get in return. Play is something that is not about personal gain, but it is about the people around us and about the world that we live in, and it's about experiencing it to its fullest. Play is seeing who God is and what grace is in a really tangible, practical way. This is so beautiful to me, I think, that the idea that generosity, that being generous without requiring something in return, that is the idea of God. That is love. That is grace. And that is Jesus. So in some sense, the entire life of Jesus is constantly at play. He's enjoying the moment. He's giving of himself. He's saying that I am here, I'm present, I'm experiencing what it means to be human, and I'm with you in your trials and in your victories. I'm with you when you're feeling great and when you're feeling sad, but in every single moment I give of myself fully so that you can experience me. Do you have moments in your life, do you have spaces in your life where you feel like you give generously of yourself without any expectation of return? Because those are the moments of play. And that might seem odd. But so often, I find, is that those moments are the most life-giving. Those are the moments where we have a smile come across our face as we remember the story. Because it wasn't about us in those moments. It was about the people around us and the things that, and people around us and the people that we love and the moments that were shared. And it wasn't about you simply getting what you want so that you can make an impact in the world. It like removes the selfishness of it. And as we pursue this idea of, of play and rest and work, these rhythms are necessary parts of our life. And they're constantly moving, they're constantly happening. You're always doing at least one of those three throughout your day. And in the midst of every single one of them, we have the opportunity to discover God and to see his love and his grace and his joy for us in our stories. There's so much of our day sometimes that we are overwhelmed by it, and we get to this place of anxiety. But if anxiety is the anticipation of terror, then hope is the anticipation of joy. When you are looking throughout your day, are you anticipating moments of joy that you're going to be able to have? Because that's going to lead you to this mentality and this place of hope. And we all need a little bit of hope sometimes in our day. 
Hope to actually be present. Hope to actually be generous. Hope to actually be loving. Hope to actually see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We all need that hope. And we all need those moments to experience generosity without expecting anything in return. Because that's when we see who God is. That's when Jesus is most reflected. Unconditional love. Unconditional grace are concepts that we have so much trouble with because we don't ever employ them. But the person of Jesus comes with all of those and more and invites us to know him, to be with him, and to live the rhythms of our life with him. In everything that we do, Christ is present and available to us. So when you play, ask yourself, am I actually living from a place of generosity? When you rest, ask yourself, where is my value coming from in this moment? And when you work, ask yourself, am I simply trying to survive this moment or am I actually looking to see how God is teaching me about who he is every day. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful for all that you're doing in our stories, that the rhythms of our life are constantly at work, and in the midst of the rhythm, we can hear you speak. That you are underneath it all, that that the rhythms of grace are a part of our life. And in our highs and our lows, your steadfast love endures forever. In our rejection of you, your steadfast love endures forever. In our uncertainty, your steadfast love endures forever. So for every single person here today, in the midst of their work, the rest of their play, I pray that they discover who you are. And if anyone is here this morning that doesn't have an idea or isn't sure about this idea of of Jesus or of faith or Christianity or, or any of it at all, I just pray that you would provide this overwhelming sense of peace in this moment for them to discover you and get to know you a little bit more. Let us find joy in this place. Help us not to be a church that is just going through the routines and the rhythms of simply doing Sundays or doing it for the sake of doing it, but actually seeks after you to discover joy over and over and over again. Joy is something that you give to us and you provide to us, and we just want to know it more and more every day. We're so grateful. Thank you for all that you do. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the City Collective Podcast. We hope you enjoyed that message. Please subscribe to stay up to date with every weekly message. For more information on City Collective, please visit www.citycollective.com. 
Or if you're in the greater Vancouver area, come visit us for a Sunday. You can find more about our church and how you can get involved with what God is doing in the Lower Mainland. Have a great day.